therapist mm. is really the rapist. Therapist, therapist is the rapist. Yeah. Okay. Pronounced differently. So welcome to the rapi. The uh, therapist. Where we build rapport with welcome. our uh, rapies. <laughs> therapist so shack. This is the uh, rapist shack. I mean, therapist you said shack. it. I didn't feel <laughs> like. But there's people who call their kids pervious. Pervious. Like, yeah, pervious. What does that mean? I don't know. It's like a small pervert. <laughs> it was like the penis of a pervert. I thought a small pervert would be like a pervert let. No, that's pushing it. <laughs> it's like big let. Maybe pervert <laughs> or pervion. Per- <laughs> <laughs> are we recording? Yeah, we are. Definitely. Oh, welcome to the Think Shack, guys. Welcome to the Think Shack. This is episode 15 or 16, depending on what you do. Uh, I want to start off with a quick apology <laughs> because episode... It's, it's episode 16, actually. Episode 16, yeah? <coughs> we're almost legal. Yeah. Soon it'll yeah. be up episode 18 and then... Uh, yeah, pretty soon. Know, we can start taking off our clothes. Well, <laughs> you won't hear us. The, it's going to be the strip shack. There's no more weed. There's no more what? There's no more weed in the room. Because there was never any to begin with. <laughs> so the thing is, I want to apologize because our episodes might come up. And the reason I was saying this might be episode 16, 15 or, I don't know, 21, depending on your flavor of underage girls, mm-hmm. is, uh, <laughs> is because... Sometimes we do these recordings, and then we look at it in post, and we're like, do we really want to put that in there? So we might have to do some post-editing, some editing after the editing. Actually, I think something that would be, like, really nice and quirky about ThinkShack is if we just, you know, we, we just name them however. So, for example, because um, while we're recording this, we are yet to upload episode 13 or 14. But mm. I was saying, since we are editing episode 13, let's upload episode 14. Call it episode 14 and explain that episode 13 will come after episode 14. So a quirk of Think Shack would be some some episodes are not sequentially arranged. Sounds like and it's just something we do on purpose. Sounds like Inception. Although I feel like like we could you try launch it out. episode 14 before you launch episode 13. You try it out, but it might be a bit confusing for the, for the audience. I mean, it's only we, when we necessity calls for it. It's yeah. not something we do willy-nilly. Definitely. Yeah. So, welcome to the Think Shack. This episode sounds much nicer than uh, you because <laughs> we're recording from a studio from our friend Agent K from the other day. Yeah, and it's a beautiful studio. He's done a lot of work on this. He has soundproof panels. He has like mm. a bunch of Rorschach images on the wall. What is Rorschach? Rorschach is actually the name of a psychiatrist who came up with this way to sort of um, study people's minds by... He did it wrong? It's also known as the ink blot test. And mm. the idea is that you blot a piece of paper with ink and then you fold it in half and it's going to form a random pattern. And you can actually manipulate how the pattern looks using string and whatnot. And then you show it to a, 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 a psychiatric patient and you ask them what they see. Now, the thing is, if you... They can see whatever they want. Ima- exactly. And it kind of gives you insights into how the person thinks. You well, know? how if I say I see a butterfly, how do you know what I think? Do you know how I save money? I mean, you might you see know monsters I... and, uh, you know, or like faces in the I- I- images and whatnot. Is there a method I, to I, it? I, there probably is. It's just that I don't fully understand. I, I don't want to like, you know, pull shit out of my ass. But so there is a method. I, I just happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> we push it usually. Yeah. Yeah. Um, pulling pulling, is, pulling just, is very difficult. It does yeah. sound like an unpleasant First affair. First you have to reach in. Or you could use like a vacuum booth, but anyway. Vacuum booth. You sound uh, very confident in that. <laughs> you just vacuum the shit out of your ass. Wow, that's incredible. So welcome to coming the, back. Today, welcome today. to the pull shit out of your ass. <laughs> coming back to the main topic, we're supposed to do um, a liquor review, and we promised our viewers the last time we did this when we were doing the Bordeaux wine that we are going to do a proper wine review. So today we chose Chardonnay. Chardonnay has had a few songs made about it. Most famous one being uh, Big Sean's Marvin Gaye and Chardonnay or something like that. Uh-huh. And maybe it was just a clever rhyme, but you do see the name Chardonnay being held in high regard. Right, exactly. So um, Chardonnay is a type of white wine. And what a lot of people don't know is that Chardonnay is the name of the grape that the wine comes from. Mm. And it's also named after the village in Burgundy, France, that is, you know, like the originator of this type of grape, and that's the Chardonnay village in Burgundy. So the reason why I did that is to protect the, keep us from kicking the glasses away. 
Yeah. This is a border for our minds. This totem is becoming really useful today. Remember useful. when we used it to get the thing? Yeah, from, we have an Egyptian one. totem here with, I don't know which god this is, but we're really not treating him like a god. Put him on the floor and everything. Looks like a pharaoh, actually. Probably the pharaoh. Yeah. With, uh, bunny ears, like a playboy pharaoh. If you have the lighter, I'd like to light a match. Uh, what's the point of lighting? Oh, okay, okay. Uh, it went out the room. It flew out the room. Okay. All right. So anyway, the lighter um, took Red Bull, <coughs> which gives you red. <laughs> back to Chardonnay. So mm-hmm. Chardonnay, it, dis- despite coming from that small village in Burgundy, France, mm. happens to be the most widely distributed white wine grape in the world. So it's really? like, and it grows everywhere. Chardonnay grows ev- in everywhere where wine is grown. Oh, it's not too hard. I'm sure you can squeeze it through. You can flat tire it. Okay. <laughs> so, so back. Uh, to flat tires and uh, totem poles. Oh, we're back. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. Um, we had a bit of a moment. So, yeah. new places, new uh, mistakes can happen. Yeah. So, we just uh, tripped up and, I guess, lost the wiring and everything. Yeah. yeah. Actually, I just had, like, another brain fart. Yeah. Right? So, you remember... I can I smell it. <laughs> <laughs> remember when I told you it was me. Murphy's Law? Murphy's Law. Yeah. It's a brain fart. Yeah. <laughs> it's actually... <laughs> It's actually also you don't know what you don't know because like we were trying to protect the glasses, yeah. But we didn't know of other factors like someone else might come with. It. Like sometimes you don't know what you don't know. You just can't see. You can't see. You know, you're trying to cover one thing and it's like pops out. Sounds like a proper we thought. Is actually is that actually a thing? You don't know what you don't know. Yeah, yeah. The things you know, and the the things you know you that you know, and the things you don't know that you know that you don't know, and the things that you don't know that you don't know. You get what I'm saying? Like, for example, we know that we don't know the cure for cancer. Like, it's a Wait. it's it's a known missing piece of information. But we know the cure for cancer is radiotherapy, right? No, that that's treatment for cancer. There's a difference between a cure and treatment. Like, you Could do you this what thing. The, what's the difference? The, the treatment is something used to manage a disease. And the whole idea behind radiotherapy and other kinds of treatment is that you do these things where, like, you attack the cancer cells in different ways. And then if you're lucky, the cancer goes into remission. Like, it stops on its own. So it's really doctors trying their luck with things that have, like, a relatively high success rate. But a cure is something that works 100% of the time, like the cure for malaria. Like, every time you have malaria, just take it and malaria is gone. So a treatment is a junior cure. Well, a treatment is something that you cannot predict with 100% accuracy whether it will work. Okay, so radiotherapy is usually just like guesswork. It's a treatment, more, exactly. More or, more or less like guesswork. Ex- exactly. But it's it's a guesswork that has worked more often than not. That's why we still trust think it. Think about it. Radiotherapy is very violent. You're exposing your body to UV rays. Like uh, radiation, basically, trying to burn the cancer yeah. cells. Like, yeah. Is that why people go bald? I think people go bald from chemotherapy, not radiotherapy. Well, yeah, they usually go hand in hand. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so with chemotherapy, it's about like having all these chemicals put into your body. You know, it's like a cocktail. Jesus. And these can affect you in various ways because, you know, the and chemicals in hair, your body yeah. has chemicals and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And you could lose hair. You could you could lose hair. It's it's a terrible experience, I imagine, and depressing. Yeah. But back to Chardonnay, which is what we were talking about earlier. Mm-hmm. So like I was saying Chardonnay is the most widely distributed and it's grown everywhere wherever grapes are grown. So the Chardonnay uh, grape. Write in the comments where you're from and tell us if you've ever seen a Chardonnay in Meru, in Nakuru. <laughs> yeah, it's actually, it looks like yellow. Can you see this? Yeah, it looks like a nice regular white grape. grape. So I wanted us, because we, we can do the a- ASMR for our listeners yeah. now that we have a proper mic. How did you do it last they time? They can hear us uncork the Chardonnay bottle. Okay, hold Careful. it for me. All right, I'm supposed to hold it. Okay. Oh. Ooh. That was and actually she came. Good. There she blows. <laughs> there I come. So here. <laughs> so yeah. <laughs> um, we're gonna drink them in like water little... glasses because we're the totally unsophisticated. We no, we know ladies. We're very, like, we're we very know, Kenyan. We know ladies like roughnecks. This is our roughnecks. Actually, we should drink mm. it out the bottle. Like yeah. real men. <laughs> yeah. You know. I drink wine out the bottle. I mean, if you drink wine, you're already gay. So. What the hell? It's like trying to be manly gay. Welcome to the gay shack. <laughs> What does it sound like? I love gay people. What does it sound like? More ASMR. More ASMR. More. Listen to this. This is probably going to sound really good because of the mic. Yeah, definitely. We call that Oscar Pistorius. That's a lot of wine, though. Yeah, that's how it should be. Okay, add some for me as well. Okay. Okay, so how do you taste Chardonnay? That's definitely not how you pour wine. Because it sounded like I'm pouring water down the tap. Yeah. So, um... 
just to further you know the notion that we are unsophisticated we don't really know about how to properly taste wine so we're gonna wing this I mean, forgive us i mean for starters we're having it in water glasses you're supposed to have chardonnay in a wide bottomed wine glass with a narrow top wide bottom means like tiny waist big yeah waist. yeah yeah actually it's a <laughs> pear shape it's actually a pear shape that's even a body shape you know like pear yeah. shaped women yeah so yeah so that's what you're supposed to have it in but we're having what it in, kind like, of fruit is kikuyu shaped women Apples. Apples. Yeah, because they're top heavy. Big on the bottom. And no, some of them were. Not all Kikui women, though. Some of them are like f- first pancakes. There, there are a lot of <laughs> shapely Kikui women that are going to come in the country. Oh, like, I me, not you. me. They not even me. have one shapely Kikui woman in the room. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> See, Kikuis? Or maybe it's I'm a figment <laughs> of my imagination. Or is it? <laughs> it's Anyways, a figment of a lot of people's imagination. It would have to be a collective illusion. A hallucination, a collective hallucination for all of us to think that one person is beautiful that actually is. I bet you a lot of Kenyans are, are living. Uh, they wish they were living in a collective hallucination, thinking about the way things are going. I actually think makeup is a collective hallucination because what does that mean? Think, like you know the way girls put on makeup to mm-hmm. deceive us into thinking they're beautiful and they're not, and we're all out here like, oh my gosh, she's beautiful, mm. but they're collectively deceiving us. I mean, apparently men do too. Remember the last time we talked about the fake, the bill to like tax fake beards? How yeah. many people are buying fake beards in Kenya? That that got me questioning. We might have a lot of fake beards. So but anyway, let's taste the it. Cheers, the ASMR one. But before we taste, you have to smell, right? It smells like child's that, piss. That's a, you keep saying that. Let's let's go deeper. <laughs> that's how old wine tastes. No, no, let's go, let's go deeper. Let's try and find something in there. I see. My past. <laughs> okay, before you go, let me give you a, a few a few interesting things about Chardonnay and 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 how it 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 um it flavors right. So Chardonnay um it basically it it easily adapts. Like Chardonnay tastes different depending on the climate where it was grown. So in colder climates, the wines tend to appear fresh and elegant with citrus and green apple flavors. So see mm, if you can smell I that. I can smell the, the citrus and the green apple yeah. somehow. Well, I was going to say apple, funny enough. Yeah, while in warmer climates, they become full-bodied with tropical fruit notes appearing on the nose. So if you can smell citrus, it was probably grown in a cold climate. I think part of this is just not being ashamed to say what you smell. It's like when you, tell, when you tell kids, like, write what you see. Like, basically, yeah. I was going to say apples, but I was like, nah, that's not true because it has grapes in it, right? But right, I do exactly. smell the apple. And this this Chardonnay, um, what's it called? De, de, de clit? No, there are no clits here, but uh, let me see. Clack, clack, No, it's, it's called electio. 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 It's electio. So it's actually from Moldova. Mm. Remember when we did, um, what was the drink we did? Was it, was it Shustov? From Moldova? Was Shustov from the Ukraine or Moldova? Yes, it was, it was from, from Moldova. Moldova. So was, this is no, the Shustov second. was from Ukraine. What was from Moldova was uh, the other one. God, I forget the name. Some, yeah, we've, this is the second drink we've had from Moldova, basically. Yeah, no, the, f- the second one. I don't and I think, I don't know what the average climate is in Moldova, but let me just quickly Google. So we can know if we're having Chardonnay from a now, cold this should region show or you a warm region. We're not cheating because I'm just looking now at the back and it says, uh, ripe, juicy apples, pears, exotic fruits. I read that as erotic fruits. I don't know what those are. <laughs> Maybe if you take Jabba, that's Njugu. <laughs> Nuts, <laughs> hazelnut. Oh, it has nuts, so that's some erotic nuts and nuances of oriental sweets. Yeah, definitely what we were smelling. Okay, right? so I smell just, the just to like lend credence to what you're saying, Moldovan climate. I'm just I'm just googling that really fast. Let's confirm whether that definition of so Moldova is moderately continental, characterized by relatively mild winters with little snow. Long warm summers and low humidity. Average annual temperatures vary between 6.3 degrees Celsius um, in the north and 12.3 degrees Celsius. Sounds pretty south. cool. Sounds, like Sounds cool pretty place. cold. Yeah, because like average London temperature is like 16 degrees, and that's definitely colder than Kenya. And London is very moody as well <clears throat> and rainy. Kenya, when it's 16 degrees, you say it's cold, like literally. Yeah, 16 degrees is like Limuru cold, you know. All right, let's give it a taste. It has okay. the, but before that, I mean, look at it. It has some, uh, what are these bubbles or something like that? Yeah, yeah, let's stick to the. It has side. similar qualities to rosé. Is it carbonated? I think it might. We'll, we'll find out about yeah. the Chardonnay, but let's. Huh? It suddenly has the sour notes. But it's, it's quite nice. Yeah. It actually is really nice. It's a nice bit of it has this thing where the aroma mm. goes up to your nose after you swallow it. It's like a bit of the wine is tasted by your nose, not mm. just your tongue. Do you get that vibe? Yeah, and then uh, you can t- taste the citrus in, on the palate as well. It has a lemony feel to it. Mm. Very nice. Very nice aftertaste. It's been a while I since think, we mentioned I think the price. what I just did previously was I explained that aftertaste mm. in a lot of words. I just said it has a nice aftertaste, but I was like, the taste goes up to your nose. I was like, yeah, yeah. you just yeah, described. That's, that's you could have said it with one word, bro. It has a nice aftertaste. <laughs> that's what you just said. <laughs> 
So it's surprisingly cheap for a wine. Are there women with nice aftertaste? I don't know what a, a sexual aftertaste would be like. Like, imagine if you decided where do you feel it in your dick. Like, oh my dick I is think so relaxed. A lot of this right is now. just because of too much eagerness. You always get too excited, or you you're too much into it, right? Mm-hmm. So, if you actually post not clarity is a type of aftertaste. No, let's, before we get to the post not clarity, if you think about it, like if you're going down on a woman, for example, mm-hmm. what if you made it such an experience <coughs> like it's like a wine tasting? You smell it first. Smell it. And then you, uh, you know, I don't know, get explore, some salt, put it on your hand. You know, <laughs> then, you know what you just like did? a cocktail. <laughs> you know what you just did? Mm-hmm. You described foreplay in a lot of words. But foreplay doesn't involve salt. Hopefully, I mean foreplay can be whatever you want it to be. It's whatever arouses you before you do the actual bumping of the uglies. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, if you did that and you you actually decided to taste it like wine, you would get an aftertaste, I'm sure. I think there is definitely a carryover in the concept here, like you're trying to imply. It's like mm. the same way. Um, we, you know, smell wine and do this whole thing. Swish and it around really for God knows what reason. Same way you should really take your time with your foreplay. Mm. Just like you should take your time with your food and savor every moment. I think it makes the experience a lot more meaningful. Interesting So, facts. yeah, ladies and gentlemen, there's a lesson about how to have sex next time. So, Chardonnay is, is a pleasant track. experience so far. This Electio Chardonnay is a mm-hmm. very pleasant experience. So, it's actually pretty affordable. It's just a thousand bob yeah, for the bottle. Yeah, thousand and sixty-nine. Very important sixty-nine to mention. Yeah, sixty-eight. Sixty nine. Sixty nine. You sure? I mean, I don't know. Like, it's sixty nine. It could have been sixty eight. Who cares? <laughs> Who took away the one? Like sixty eight. We made it sixty eight. Position would be interesting. Yeah. There's a time we made up a seventy four position. Younger, uglier sister. Nobody cares. For the about. new listeners, can you remind them what what we decided the seventy four position would be? You said you came up with it actually. Yeah, yeah. So seventy four would be the seven is someone <laughs> bending over and shitting again on the four, who is someone sitting on a toilet in a praying position. Like praying position because the four has like a leg or something. No, it's like sitting on a toilet seat. It's like so the person four. beneath is begging for the yeah for the reins. Please give me no seventy four. Try it out. Seventy four coming is soon to a bedroom near you. All right. It's porta potty. <laughs> it's it's just deviant mm. sex. Like you ever seen some kind of sex practice and you're like you are not normal. I I don't care that which ones for example your fetish is valid like scatology. Oh, the one where people like uh, shit on each other, like, oh, yeah, like why? Like two girls, why? one cup. Like two girls, one cup. Mm. Why would you do that? So anyway, back to Chardonnay. Yeah, back to Chardonnay. <laughs> not Chardonnay. I'm loving the taste in this. It tastes wonderful. I imagine like this would get you uh, in a good in good spirits, in fine spirits. What is the percentage alcohol is, by volume? It uh, is. Let's see. It is twelve point six percent. Twelve point six percent is pretty high up. Oh my um, God! In terms of wine, it contains sulfites. I said wow. that because they put it in, in capital letters, as if uh, someone is walking around looking at the supermarket label, <coughs> like, "I want something that doesn't have sulfites." So this has sulfites. Are you allergic to sulfites? Sulfite sounds like a tribe in the Bible that <laughs> God was trying to smite. You know, Philistines. <laughs> sulfites. So, do you want to hear a fun fact about Chardonnay? Tell me. So, Chardonnay's rise in Burgundy is largely attributed to the queen and the wife of Emperor Charlemagne, who was a French emperor at some point. Mm-hmm. So, she was so fed up with the red wine stains in her husband's white beard that she demanded to cultivate white grapes on their estate. Red wine stains in her husband's white. There's so much to dissect there. Let's go slowly. Mm. So, she was tired. This is a constant reoccurrence. She had a clumsy husband who used to spill wine on his On his beard. white beard. Probably a Mubaba's. I point. mean, Charlemagne was pretty old at the time. But why was her issue the fact that they were red? What do you mean? Like, she had an issue with it, so she made Chardonnay because it's white. So, he could yeah, have so white stains on his white beard. So, then it's not visible. That way, when he has the stains, nobody can see He's it. not embarrassing the whole family. Yeah, because she's not going to cure his clumsiness. Clearly, that's incurable. So, so Chardonnay she might as well started make from the, clumsiness uh, undetectable. the avoidance of shame on A. Right, exactly. <laughs> Another thing about Chardonnay is that it's pretty popular as a type of grape because it adapts so easily to different climates. Mm. So, you know, it's grown everywhere where grapes are grown, wine grapes are grown. That's probably a Chardonnay in Meru. I don't know why they have to go there to, might to, be. to I don't know if Moldova. they have, like, any vineyards in Kenya. That's ah, definitely worth do. exploring. They they have, do. like, vineyards where they make their own wine and they export, like, Kenyan wine and shit like that. That would be something really nice I to imagine find that would be pretty interesting. Yeah. Maybe one of these fine days we can find one should just reach out to the owner and be like, can we come interview? We'd like to learn more about wine. But I must say, this is <clears> some of the most delicious non-sweet wine I've ever had. It tastes quite mm. good. That's character to it. Like, it's a bitterness that f- makes you feel like an adult. Yeah. I feel like the, get, the older you it's get, like the I more you want to drink bitter shit. Um, like, so, think about it. People turn 18, they want to go drink Gilby's or whatever. self-flagellating. It's exactly. Like, Masochistics. Like, I want to hurt myself. I want to hurt myself because to prove sweetness. To myself I'm a man. I'm an adult man. is the pleasure of children. This is candy. <laughs> like, why would I be having candy? You want to have Gilby's, <laughs> all this toxic poison, best <clears throat> gin. Best gin is the worst gin I've ever had in my life. 
it might also have to do with the development of the tongue and mm. the and the taste buds because mm. obviously an adult has a more sophisticated sense of taste you can than appreciate a child. More. A child prefers simpler tastes familiar tastes like sweet right ah. while an adult has a lot more sophistication is more willing to explore different tastes so we do tend to de- develop preferences and perhaps they're even in line with like i don't know our personalities and Conversely, and this is just a theory, this is just absolute speculation, but I'm thinking maybe children like sweet things just not because of like the taste of it, a simple mm-hmm. t- sweet taste, but maybe because it does things to their, what is this thing called? Their Sugar is kind of like a drug, so it triggers your dopamine response or something like exactly. that. Exactly. It's something so, instinctive and evolutionary something because like the that. brain is also um, programmed from several years of evolution to recognize sugar as a source of sustenance because, you know... It's an energy source, so we're going to crave more and more of it because the body is trying to protect itself from hunger, like, you know, when we couldn't come across food easily back then. So the more senses, the more things you've experienced, the more dopamine rushes you've experienced as you grow up, as you become older, the harder it is to actually stimulate it. So yeah. sweet things probably don't do it for you, or they don't like this one. The different you, kind of you, taste. You're exploring different kinds of dopamine, different experiences, different kind of uh, kind of like of how they like releases. to say tongue in cheek that the more um, porn you watch, the crazier the porn you watch. Yeah gets exactly time. exactly because so, the old stuff that used to impress you just doesn't do it anymore so you want to look for more deviant shit so to appreciate things like wine gin all these hard liquors mm-hmm. you need to have somewhat of a sophisticated um yeah. i guess you could say dopamine response or something yeah. like that well we're still on the topic of tastes um here's the thing um which how many tastes are you taught in school so you're taught sweet sour uh salty salty no they don't even teach them in school they just say sweet sour and bitter that's it. And but they're like they're, there's like a whole science to it, right? Like they even used to say like this part of the tongue can taste um, sweet stuff. Which this school did you go to, bro? I don't remember learning that. Does anyone in the audience remember learning that types of taste? Ah, oh, shit. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, tell us about it. I'm just saying. Like, I bet you some of the have you it's ever different had that? parts of the tongue, like the taste buds in those regions, are optimized to recognize different things. So, for example, you'll notice that when you're tasting like sour shit like lemon and whatnot it's easily recognizable from i'm not sure if it's the tip of the tongue or the middle of the tongue like you feel the sourness more in a specific part of the tongue Mm. and when you taste like cake or whatever you feel it more i found Um, a simpler solution to this whole thing that doesn't require the totem why don't we put the wine glasses to the side yeah away from our kicking legs regions of the tongue uh, for different taste diagram here, so here it is. Of the so the, the 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 tip of the tongue is optimized to taste. Actually, not the, t- the the very tip of the tongue is optimized to taste salt. That's when you taste salt, you just touch it with the tip of your tongue, and you can easily get the saltiness in it all. Um, and then wait. First of all, I think we should walk people through the different types of taste. I actually know this, but not because of I learned it in school. Yeah. So um, what I was going to try and say is that in school, um, we were taught um, four tastes. At least that's what you're ostensibly taught in school. So there's sweet, sour, bitter and salty. Right. The tip of the tongue tastes uh, salty. Just behind the tip, at the front, tastes Mm -hmm. sweet. Sweet tastes tend to register more there. The sides of the tongue are more accustomed to sour taste like lemons and whatnot and mm. then the back of the tongue is better accustomed to bitter that's why that's why when you have bitter things it feels more like an aftertaste because it hits the back of your tongue yeah last. like gin yeah exactly but there is a fifth kind of taste that usually isn't represented in this savory. diagram it's called umami Th- that which is savory basically. so yeah savory is umami it's like the taste of like a really good meat sauce or like biryani or something so when like someone that. tells you kuna umami nyingi he's not trying to say you have too much umama yeah you have, you're savory you got some spice some flavor so for example the reason why um now it kind of apply it registers for me is the reason why i was saying with the um with the what's it called chardonnay. Um, the, the chardonnay that leaves an interesting chardonnay. aftertaste yeah. is because the sour notes were registering near the back of my tongue this is some really good wine maybe it's my cheap tongue or whatever but yeah. this is actually really you know sometimes things don't have to be expensive to be good mm-hmm. and that's what most people don't know yeah like you could exactly. buy a really expensive cologne expensive perfume just to find out it's shit like I've tried uh, what is this thing the Glenfiddich the one that's aged 36 years mm-hmm. and I said let me take a shot a shot was like 900 but I was like you know what Glenfiddich is a whiskey right yeah it's a, it's a whiskey I believe no no yeah it's a, it's a whiskey it's, it's a, a whiskey, scotch yeah, whiskey it's scotch so you I know decided, what scotch whiskey is means whiskey from Scotland yes mm-hmm. so I decided let me try and buy I mean in, see what a 36,000 or let's say $300 bo- dollar bottle of um, 
whiskey tastes like. Mm-hmm. I took the shot and it was one of the worst things I've ever tasted in my life. Imagine oh my God. having the perception that this thing is expensive so it's good and buying a 36,000 shilling bottle of wine mm-hmm. just to discover it's absolute sh- bullshit. Instead, you could have something for like, I don't know, maybe like 1,500 in your local wines and spirits mm-hmm. and then you find that it's the best thing you've ever tasted. Yeah, now, so I personally... Before you add that, we do have two wines today and I wanted us to explore them. The other one, I don't know what it is. Is it a red wine it's just or a white, white wine. wine? It's just a Branco white wine uh, from Portugal. Now, have you finished your Chardonnay? Yeah, I had. I was just going to top myself up. Yeah. yeah. So this is an interesting one. It's called Alandra. It's from so it's Portugal. a white wine, you said? Yes, yeah, from Portugal. Uh-huh. And the thing is, it is the first wine I've ever seen that's sold in a 375 ml bottle. It's very rare to find. Yeah, I actually hadn't noticed that. Now I notice it. Yeah, yeah. it's a small one. It's like a, what do we say in Kenya? It's Kadogo. Quarter. Mm, kapienga. <laughs> so let me down Chicks my... Kapienga. Sorry. Oh, sorry about that. For those of you who are wondering why he's saying sorry, he just karate kicked me in the, in the neck <laughs> while I was drinking wine. Almost nearly choking him. Yeah. It would have been uh, very, very... That would have been the end of Think Shack. Drunk death. Yeah. <laughs> Oh wow! I'll call you Drunken Master from now on. <laughs> so let me have. Let's let me do have some it. ASMR. Maybe it sounds different when you pour it. And the cork isn't here, unfortunately. No, I'm just for pouring it. Oh, okay. Maybe it has more weight, so it does like with bass. That sounds a little different. The from fresh the taste of Alandra. <laughs> you can do an ad with that. I should him to do the the slogan. Go ahead. Step up to the mic. Seduce so the ladies. Alandra. Making you wonder how <laughs> you achieve this. God. I don't know. God. <laughs> it is. I literally said the first that came into my mind. I'm sorry. Alandra is just a white wine. Um, we're gonna find out what's special about it. We yeah. don't have too much information about it, but it doesn't. It's not. It's from special. Portugal. It's, from it's Portugal, Portuguese yeah. wine. That's, well, let's find that's out. the best I can tell. Because it's always good to compare what you're having with something different. Like I mean, I could Google it and see what they say on their page. No, but let's taste it first. Because uh, I want to see, before oh, the Chardonnay oh, okay. goes out of our, our mouths, yeah. we find out what the difference is between Chardonnay. They yeah. might be a, uh, a rip-off. Because you know, some people will sell you Chardonnay, because I imagine mm. Chardonnay sounds like an expensive drink. It does. How do you get them for but 1000 it's, it's What did you I mean, I don't, out I don't know if it's expensive. I don't. I think Chardonnay is pretty common, because like, the Chardonnay grape is grown everywhere. It's like Good Chardonnay point. wine is pretty common. Good point. Um, I think the expense would depend on where it comes from because, of course, special certain vineyards obviously price their wines more expensive. Here's a controversial because, oh, opinion. Oh, we have a, a, a whole heritage. And then the other thing is how long it's been aged. Here's a controversial opinion. Sometimes when uh, things are more expensive, they taste more shit, to be honest. Like, if you think about some of the expensive pizzas that you could buy in Nairobi, mm-hmm. uh, some of them are the worst. Like, you go to these places in the Westlands where they sell pizza for, like, I don't know, 2500 mm-hmm. for a medium. And then you taste it, and it looks like it has raw vegetables on it. Not like, the ones yeah, you pe- what the hell it is It looks this? like roadkill that's on it. It tastes so weird. <laughs> like if you eat at Kempinski. Artisanal pizza. I think that's what they call it. Exactly. Like artisanal. I've been to Kempinski and tried out like a full course meal and whatever. Mm-hmm. And honestly, I didn't like any of them. I didn't like didn't the like starter. Any of the I didn't like the main course. I didn't like the dessert. It tasted wow. weird. It tasted European. <laughs> it tasted bland. Not bland. That's the thing about... It tastes like a weird kind of esoteric... It's like drinking rat piss. Because you're so fancy, you're like, hmm, such fine notes of uh, yesterday's of leftover bullshit. food. Yeah, yeah exactly. Because exactly. the mouse, I don't know, pissed or whatever. Yeah, sorry, that so laugh is too hard. So I think the more expensive they get, sometimes the, the more likely they are to co- overcomplicate mm-hmm. it. So yeah. let's find out what this, uh, this one yeah. costs like 900 Funny enough, for half what the electric So this cost. is more expensive than this the more expensive, yeah, yeah. just had. Yeah. Let's see if it tastes more expensive. It tastes surprisingly similar to Chardonnay. Yes, but, but Chardonnay a little more bitter. A little, a little exactly. Little more bitter. It tastes a little more. So it does feel like, and it doesn't have the weird fizz. The, the it doesn't seem carbonated. Yeah, it's pretty just you know pretty much just you know it's drink. It could be water, colored water for all we care. Yeah, I so think I prefer the Chardonnay. I do too. Alandra is okay. It's not mm-hmm. too bad. It's just like regular white wine. It's mm-hmm. nondescript, you could say. Right, yeah. So I think with that we can dive right into today's topics and do. Let's dive. Spend a lot of time talking about wine. I wish the thing is we're recording on uh, our usual recorder. It takes I can keep track of the time, so now I don't even know. With this, you really can't tell. Yeah, especially because we're the most high uh, thing shack. You never know how. I'm pretty sure there's like a timer. Time. Just give me a moment. Let me check on the laptop. I'll give you a moment and no more. 
Right, so we're at 25 minutes. I would just say I love recording in this studio. It's quite nice. It's, it's, it's an interesting it, vibe. It's quite comfortable. We've got some lighting on the ceiling, like yeah. some LED lights, things like that. If we ever decide to do videos, this would also be a good place to just do video because this couch is awesome. This I love the, awesome. the backdrop. I just wish the mic could come closer so it could actually rest my back. Mm-hmm. It's been a long day. Or if we could have two mics. We could have two mics. That would be Longer dope. arms. Yeah. Length is always a bonus. That's <laughs> what uh, people say. Now, yeah. apparently... Do we touch this Gengitone thing? Okay, well, I think it's a little worth touching. But it's like, in passing, <laughs> it's like, there's this viral Gengitone artist, uh, Nyesh, who, who, you know, the song um, export, yeah, Nyandarwa ni waru. Now, like the, the the idea that Trevor was going for here in the brief was that because you know like everybody listened to the song and you know um it's kind of like Steve Simple's boy Steve Simple boys to a China Mihadarati you know it's like mm. it's like a it's like a I don't want to say this out loud but it's less than impressive but it's impressive precisely because it's so bad it's you so know? bad you want to pay attention exactly and so of course she went viral and then um I think someone she came to Nairobi and someone gave her a makeover they gave her braces they gave her makeup I they gave her a comment on wig, braces you know braces are like kind of like whole transformation braces are kind of like the new status symbol for young Nairobi girls have you noticed they it's, always there's a braces the pandemic yeah I guess it's because they're expensive to get from is what it, I understand oh, I mean okay so this raises the question then it does cost that about, mean that uh, some of the people mm. Or several of the people with braces don't actually need them. They're just doing it for aesthetics. I know one or two people who don't need them. And they just do it for aesthetics, as painful as it is. Because it's kind of like girls, but less, uh, I don't know, a ghetto or something like that. Because they can cost like up to $1,000 or something like that to get installed. So the thing I, is... I know um, my my girlfriend is getting them installed. And the whole cost is going to be 180 Gs because she needed like some cavity. Dentists are actually pretty expensive. Those yeah, guys definitely. make a lot of money. I mean, even just whitening or like taking off, uh, you know, this thing called fluorosis. You, it usually comes with kids. So my brother had fluorosis, and that's I when you, there's too much fluoride. In yes, the and they make your teeth brown, like one of your teeth or two of your teeth. They charge like four to five to six thousand per tooth. To per clean tooth. out the fluorosis. So if your kid has brown teeth, like let's say eight of them, you're mm. paying as much as um, eight times six or something like that. That's that's forty-eight thousand. Oh my god! You can imagine just to get the, the teeth whitened and stuff like that. And it's an interesting topic as well because when my girlfriend went and and she was trying to get the braces, um, they told her that insurance doesn't cover it, and I thought that was weird. Like, why does that's insurance a weird cover insurance. braces? Because yeah. you would want that shit covered because <laughs> that shit is expensive. That's a weird insurance, but I just want to appreciate before we continue. I just want to appreciate how good wine is. It's a pleasant taste. It's not like sweet or anything like that. I'm actually also impressed. Like I think I think this is a thing I could buy for myself for and sure. just drink in the house. Both of on, these, funny enough. It's quite nice. Like yeah. if you don't want something sweet, because unfortunately things are too sweet and they have too much sugar. And it's it. also a gentle kind of alcohol. It's a gentle kind of alcohol. You know, it's like more you're mature. not gonna get some shit drunk. Funny enough, this um, is interesting because my girlfriend and I alcohol. and as much as we enjoy some wine, we've never actually finished. A bottle of wine, like a full bottle of wine. It doesn't. It doesn't make feel you like feel like you want to finish. Exactly. Yeah, it's not like a bottle of gin where you're like, I need like, to. I want to get drunk out of my mind. Yeah, you yeah. know. So Nesh, um got, got braces, and then apparently her teeth were straightened. So now Trevor's angle here, mm. um, and I think it's worth discussing. Was is what do we celebrate mediocrity as a nation? Because here's the thing. I mean. Of course, we're going to get a lot of flack here because it's what we're essentially saying is that, you know, she's untalented. Mm. Um, no, but she isn't, to be quite honest. Okay, <laughs> I, I believe she is, like, well, depending on your taste of music. So the question is, because this isn't the first time this has happened, where someone comes up with something so absolutely um, bland that we all pay attention and then they become famous off of it. I mean... I'm gonna cough, cough Steve-O, simple boy, cough, <laughs> cough. You know, like we've had so many instances of this. I'm going to answer that with uh, the, the old saying that uh, any publicity is good publicity. You know, mm. it's not just about us as Kenya. There's this uh, group called the Island Boys. They made a song that has like about 100 million views, I imagine. It's a terrible song. What's the song? It's called uh, the Island Boys or something like that. There's some white kids doing some rap song or something like that with tattoos on their faces. And the whole comment section is just disrespecting them. It's like, I wish I was dead so that um, I could, I don't know, come back to life and then shut this off if they're playing it at my funeral or something like that. I don't know. <laughs> it's like so much hate. Yeah. 
Like, you wouldn't it's catch like, me dead listening to this. No, I mean literally. If I were dead and you played this, I'd get up and leave the room. Or it's, actually, it was along the lines of, I wish I were dead so that uh, I didn't have to listen to this. Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, exactly. That is mean as hell. It's super mean. <laughs> but they did make some money from it. They got some publicity for it. And I feel right. like it's an international thing nowadays. If you, if you get publicity, regardless of whether it's good or bad, it's good for you. So that's why Ngesh is getting all this so stuff. So there's a psychological phenomenon at play here. And the idea is that you will notice... Yeah, you and you'll notice universally all around the world, like really, 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 really absolutely appallingly bad songs and really, really, really absolutely appallingly bad movies tend to do almost as well as really, really, really extremely good songs and movies. Case in point, there's a movie called... Uh, it's a horror movie. I don't know if you watch horror movies. Are you a fan of horror movies? Yeah, a okay. huge fan. Do you know about uh, Human Centipede? Human Centipede. I've heard of it, but I haven't watched it. It's such a bad horror movie. Well, the pref, well, what is it? The premise. premise. Yeah, it preface. Sorry, the premise is that this mad scientist mm-hmm. captures people in the woods, trying to create a human centipede. So he attaches them as the mouth, sews stitches them, them, sews them together. Basically, right. it's such a bad movie. Such a B. Not so even B list. So bad. Uh, just the the whole concept the, it's just stupid it's juvenile it's stupid it's like it's not even scary it's just disgusting and grotesque right, right. it's grotesque but it got a lot of notoriety I mean it's like one of the most uh, awarded it's got so the, there's another one where like the director was also the key actor yeah. I, 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 I don't remember the name but like it's supposed to be the worst movie ever made ever made I mean that's an achievement let me let me, sh- let me see I if think I it takes talent it. to be bad and I think that's why people are amazing. fascinated by people like Ngesh. What kind um, of name is Ngesh? I imagine, you know, some people, when you start your music career, you have to choose a name that's going to get go international. What is right. Ngesh? Ngesh is never going to grow out the hood. Never. Ngesh? <sighs> people can't even I pronounce think, that. I think she will in the same way Steve or Simple Boy got famous. But he's not worldwide. I mean, of course, Steve or Simple Boy isn't going to hit You're never going to hear someone right. announcing here is But Steve it's going to be Simple something of a local celebrity for quite a while. And I think she might be headed on the same trajectory. Mm. And that's the thing. So, like I was saying, the psychological thing is that we tend to like, um, you know, extremely bad things as much as we like extremely good things. Mm. And the, 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 the principle here, I think, is because strong emotions are more likely ah. to... Um, elicit a reaction from us. And That's why remember, even like in the news, and especially, it, I, I think a lot of stuff has been done finding that strong negative emotions exactly. are even more powerful than strong positive say, yeah. ones. People That's why the memories. news tend to lean towards the negative because mm-hmm. that's when they get viewers here's a statement from or a saying or i don't know a slogan or a mantra from can't, my days studying the fucking movie my days studying communication uh under advertising or whatever so that's what i did in uni uh-huh. so they used to say in the broadcasting or media classes if it bleeds it leads that's the angle. if that's it bleeds the mantra. it leads that's the mantra so wow. wherever there's death any kind of destruction any kind of death it's it's more likely to elicit a reaction or interest in the public eye. Right. Yeah. Um, like Shakahola, for example. Yeah, Bad exactly. Bad news gets press. Bad that, news that, gets views. But if you like, talk about like um, news where like someone, I don't know, saved a cat from a tree like, or someone cares? like helped some kids in need or it's not going to be as powerful, mm. you know? And that's that's the thing about it, strong emotions. When they're negative, they tend to be even more powerful than when but they're positive. But would you positive. say someone like a bad rapper like Kingesh, for example? Oh, Kingesh might not be a bad rapper because clearly she has the support of her. But by the mm. time someone makes a music video with people who are willing to show up and show support, it means they're respected in the community in one way or the other. So whether she's bad or not, that's up to personal taste. But someone like her, who, whose music is right. not, like let's say, to everyone's taste, um, what was I gonna say? Do they really elicit like a negative reaction, or is it more like humor? It's the humorous angle, but like the humorous angle is precisely that, right? It's like this is so bad, it's funny. Mm. And I is she getting help? Still worth pointing out. It starts from a negative place. And you have to think about some of these things that people do in public. Like if someone decided to help her fix her teeth, it's not necessarily because they're good people. Sometimes right. they might do it for publicity for themselves. Like right. Who knows if there was a dental dental clinic behind? It's like CSR, corporate social responsibility. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Ah, shit. I can't. There was find this it. Uh, incident actually. I've just remembered. And uh, one person performed. Uh, I mean, what's the word? Proposed to his girlfriend. Mm-hmm. Um, let me restart this so that it can be a short or something like that. Right. There's this particular gentleman who proposed to his girlfriend in South Africa at a KFC. So 
It was posted online. I've heard that news, yeah. Yeah, and everybody started hating on him and all that stuff. But then Brand saw an opportunity to take advantage to make him like a good. Uh, to Who make it saw a good an opportunity? Brands, brands online, big oh, okay. brands online. They were South like South African brands. Yeah. yeah, they were like, this shows initiative. This shows like the true spirit of South African. And so we're gonna sponsor you with a like a wedding venue, things like that. Right. Other brands started chiming in. There was a whole thread. Right. Like uh, I don't know something. For example, Mercedes mm-hmm. might come in and say, "You guys are gonna need a car for your wedding um, reception or something like that." Oh. We'll provide. Oh, so they just like collectively just jump funded in on the it. entire yeah, exactly. wedding by giving things. So there is those that element, that angle to mm-hmm. it, because these are the people who are helping out in quotes might just be doing some CSR, some PR for themselves. Exactly, exactly. exactly. And and that's the thing. Um, if anyone can like um, m- m- capitalize out of whatever you know, whatever attention you're drumming, and that's what this goes back to the whole all publicity is good publicity, all publicity thing. Is good publicity. Then they will. So for example. When Nyesh came to Nairobi and she got this whole makeover, the wigs, the makeup, the braces, there's a dentist brand that's, you know, going to market itself oh, for all sure. those braces, uh, a hair, human hair, or whatever brand, going to market itself off the wigs and the makeup and so on and so forth. So she's also in a way being used as a cash cow based off of her virality. Exactly. And that relationship may or may not be manipulative, you know, it just, you know. Take it as you will. But this is a touch and go <coughs> subject. The the main thing, um, the interesting topic that like probably will appeal better to our international audience is uh, apparently eighty two year old Al Pacino is expecting a child with twenty nine year old girlfriend Noor Al Fala. Right. So I did a bit of reading about that, and um, Al Pacino, you know, starred in The Godfather. Mm. He was a really good actor back then, or rather, like a really popular actor, famous actor back then. So the thing is, um, him and Noor Al Fala have been dating um, since since um, two thousand and twenty. When she was two years old, right? <laughs> I mean, she's 29 now, so she was like 26. She's actually not, she's not a 22 year old bimbo. She has like I two mean, master's degrees um, in production, in movement. She's done a couple of films herself. What is considered the wall for women in general? So, I. Which I, age? 30. 30. Yeah. So, this is. Uh, she's pretty close to the wall. She's not that young. Is, is yeah, she? she's not that young by female standards. Mm. But, like, here's the thing, or by male standards. But here's the thing, right? Or by transgender standards, who knows? <laughs> So, um, mm. Al Pacino and Nur Al Fala. So here's it's the funny thing, that right? they call it Al Pacino and Al Fala. Fala in Shang, which is like slang, is right. Fala means stupid Fool, person. Yeah. So the Pacino and the Fala. Right. Right. Exactly. <laughs> but here's the thing: like when I was looking into this, I was looking at like what is like an appropriate age gap. Yeah. How old is too old? Right, exactly. I what is an appropriate age age gap to have? I imagine it's all psychological, um, first of all, because everyone has their own like limit. In fact, tell us in the comments what is your age gap limit, whether it's younger or upwards, ladies and gentlemen, both, and all you people in between. Right. So apparently, there's like a formula. Um, there's 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 a formula for like calculating this, right? Um, According to who though? What, Steve Harvey. I mean, yeah, I mean, probably like one of Some relationship coach. Yes, he's like half, if the youngest person can date is half your age plus seven. Yeah, it's arbitrary. And the oldest person you can date is like, I don't know, like your age um, times two minus, I don't know, it's like some maths there. I I don't remember. What is that rule the one you found on the internet? What does it say? It's that one. I just don't remember it because I can't, I don't remember like where I found it. But I did find some research that found that the ideal age gap for couples, at least according to their studies, was one to three years in which the man is older than the woman. Mm. And they found that... Um, so this 29-year-old lady should be dating a 32-year-old, ideally speaking. According and they found that the, um, the, the greater the age gap, the less reported relationship satisfaction. Interesting. Um, this wait, is wait. The greater the age gap, the less reported relationship satisfaction. Okay. Like, the, the greater the, the age gap between uh, you, the less likely you are to be satisfied in the relationship. But, the, I mean, there are a lot of factors. You have to And there's exceptions to the rules. Uh, yeah, and, and Jay-Z relationship satisfaction is a complex topic because there are a lot of uh, functions, right? So there's your chronological age, which is how old you are since you were born. And there's also um, your biological age, which mm. is how old your cells are. It's just that I know that's not where you're going, but then literally there's actually your biological age. They do a test based w- off of like your health. And exactly, they do a and test, and it, it might be higher, it might be slightly lower. There's also your sexual age. Yeah, yeah which and is uh, what? Like you know, it how better be over eighteen. Your comfort with sex, <laughs> your 
um, the way you approach it, you know, the way you relate to it. I mean, some people can be pretty juvenile about sex. Yeah, such um, as uh, us. <laughs> 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 we make a lot of sexual jokes, but yeah. I'm kidding. I know that's not what you mean. Yeah. There's also your psychological age, mm. which is like, you know, um, just a proxy for how mature you are. Yes. And, and then there is, I think that's about it. Mm. So... Uh, sexual, um, psychological, chronological, or something, and then biological, and, and for like you to actual do, age. for you to to be compatible, your psychological and sexual age has to match up, mm. right? Because you kind of have to be on the same on the same page psychologically. And so, for example, if you have different priorities in life or different maturity levels, and this isn't always necessarily a function of age, even though age is a good proxy to judge maturity, mm. it's not always true. So there are younger people who are more mature than older people. I know. So if, if one of you is more mature than the other, um, and you have different priorities, you're gonna report less relationship satisfaction. One of you is gonna feel um, pulled back. It makes sense, and I imagine one to three years. Um, the the reason why I feel like the the men should be older, ideally, according to this uh, particular theory, mm-hmm. doesn't always have to be the case, of course. But in general, so right. it's because psychologically, as you said, as much as men and women have might have the same age, psychologically, right. women tend to mature a bit earlier. And I, I think it's been proven with a couple of tests. Like yeah, even the brain grows. Faster, and we, pu- they I reach puberty we both faster as well. The same video on YouTube, that kind yeah. of says it. Like, they they reach puberty faster as well. Exactly, and then there's the other thing. Um, also, like in terms of like emotional maturity, if you're in a relationship with someone who's like less emotionally mature, you may have to pick up the slack by you know the emotional burden and have to be the mature one most of the time, which can lead to exhaustion and you know you wanting a breakup. So that's the thing about like so when a couple isn't emotionally congruent or emotionally on the same page. three years versus. 82 versus minus 29 is how many? That's 53? 53 years? Yeah. Three years versus 53, that's a huge difference in the ideal versus what Al Pacino is going to get with Al Fala. The other thing about like age differences in relationships is the social stigma associated with it because it's just like whatever society you're in, like an extreme age gap makes people criticize and make assumptions. So she's with him because of of the money. money. He's with her because of how she looks. Well, Al Pacino is a big name. Al Pacino is a big name. And she's apparently, she works in the film industry as well, right? She does. So maybe she admires him. But I'm going to give out probably what, is um, a bit of an offensive opinion to some. So mm-hmm. look away now. But really, I feel like these people who go for extreme age gaps, they do tend to have some, they're manifesting some personal trauma that they've not really So here's resolved. the interesting thing. Noor Alfala, this isn't the first time she's dating someone much older than herself. Exactly. She has dated Mick Jagger in the past. Mm. Uh, this is the Rolling Stones lead singer. She's dated um, Clint Eastwood sometime in the 90s. You know, he's a really old actor. Um, you have to have some kind of personal trauma because there's something she's looking at that most women would not look at and then she's seeing it in these old, much older men. So she's probably had, like, she didn't have a father figure growing up or something mm. like that. This could be worth deeper research. Mm-hmm. But I do feel like the women or, and the men who tend mm-hmm. to go for older partners who can take care of them or who are more mature, they tend to have lacked something. That's what I feel. It's a, right. it's a symptom of... Um, I don't know, missed opportunity or like uh, a personal trauma. It's a symptom of personal trauma. That's right. what I believe. So like um, we find that the, from seven years uh, above and above, relationship satisfaction tends to like drastically decrease. Mm. So, I mean, there's definitely a trope where like older men want younger women. Mm. But apparently, according to the studies, and I, I don't know if this is going to be true in practice. You know, I'd love for some of the viewers to tell us what, what their opinion is in the comments. But the research says that... Um, the greater the age gap, like past seven years, mm. there's not going to be much relationship satisfaction. I mean, so how much? We do like to romanticize, you know, maybe like a, like, especially women, like she's 22 and her boyfriend or her husband is like 39. Or it's 40. like, oh my God, he's so mature. I feel so comfortable with this relationship. But he's going to bore you. You want to go out at night, he's 22 and something like that. This guy just wants different to Different energy levels, exactly. different priorities and whatnot. Exactly. This guy has been there, done that, or this woman. For some, some guys prefer older women. It's just the way it is. Right. Um. So there's some news I read somewhere. I'm not sure if it was true, but the idea is that because she's supposed to be expecting a child from eighty nine. Uh, apparently, no, Al demanded a paternity test because he doesn't believe he can father sire children at that. Age. Looking at him, I don't think he can. Like he looks too tired to father children. <laughs> he might look. Know. Maybe my grandfather. <laughs> he might great grandfather children, but he can't just father them. He's past the point. 
Well, we like to say that men can just keep sorry too well into their own old age. I'd love to see the research on like what is actually I mean, the the in practice. What is the fertility limit for men or the poten- potency limit? Like, at what age is it l- least likely for? After what age is it least likely for a man to have children? So you're like, yeah, you've reached the gentle, the soft equivalent of menopause. Menopause for, for men, yeah, it's the real yeah. menopause. But the really, manopause. what are you shooting you at 82 years old? You're not just shooting blanks; you're shooting powder. That point your your pa- <laughs> your milk is, is is powder is needle at this point yeah <laughs> it's like mixy or something like that like well, oh anyway. yo baby are you ready for this come and then <laughs> just <Fucking> dust <laughs> <laughs> like you just blow dust in my face she was waiting for a facial that's our disappointment that's what it is there's she al pacino and al fala al fucking <laughs> there's gonna be an al disappointment <laughs> who is karugo wathangwa um, Karungo Wathangwa is um, like who's that is thing? an MP Karungo Wathangwa. So let me just like because I remember he was the MP of some place. It's a very interesting face. It looks um, squished. Yeah, he's the MP for. Uh, he's actually a senator. Sorry, not an MP. Just um, comment on his face a little bit more. He's a Kiambu senator. I want to comment on his face a little bit more. There's yeah. an interesting channel on YouTube called uh, Cove Studio, which looks at why people, certain people are perceived as beautiful. What makes people beautiful? Things like that. And it talks about the ratio. This yeah. guy's face is really squished in. Like, everything's so centered. Do you notice that? Like, like, like his facial features like, occupy <laughs> a very small area of exactly. his overall face. <laughs> and they're like, right at the center. There's a lot of room, guys. Spread out. Like, spread out a bit more. <laughs> Yeah, the ratio is just, uh, <coughs> it's like if you take a sack, fill it mm. up with stuff like a gear, and then you grab right. the top to try and close it. <laughs> right, exactly. So, uh, <laughs> he's a Kiambu senator, and he was suggesting that whenever we have a public holiday, so if the public holiday falls on a Tuesday, then the preceding day, which is Monday, um, should be a public holiday. And if it, falls, if it falls on a Thursday, then the succeeding day, which is Friday, should mm. be also be a public holiday. And his idea is that because, you know, Kenyans need to rest from the previous holiday. So the preceding day shall be a public. He's just against Mondays and Fridays, basically. He's against having to go to work immediately after all. No, but here's the thing. He made it specific. He said if it falls on a Tuesday, then the preceding day, which is Monday, should be a public Mm -hmm. holiday. When it falls on a Thursday, the succeeding day, which is Friday... Shall also be a public holiday. So he's he's an advocate for long weekends. Long weekends, Mondays, Fridays, nurse your hangover, uh, yeah. do whatever. And I like the way he's so proud of his like that is holiday economics. Now the question is whether this is good for the economy. <laughs> now the thing is, uh, looking at it from a scientific standpoint, uh, they found that the ideal work hour should be six days a week, and there's some. Uh, like six days or four days. Six hours a day. Six hours. And a day. there's uh, mounting. Evidence or research that suggests that the ideal number of weekdays should be four instead of five, which right. makes me wonder where did the five even come from? Who decided to make a weekend or weekday? I'm not entirely sure where the five day work week came from, but I think I think that's worth searching. Let me just Google it real quick. And as you do that, we're gonna advertise our sponsor. Konyagi. <laughs> we're Konyagi not yet there. Needs to come. We're not yet there, but we're hoping to get there soon. So just a sponsor. Maybe you can try and pander to, kiss their ass a little bit on our episodes, mm. and then maybe they can come and sponsor us. Give us wine to review, things like that. Take us to school because we're poor children. Uh, this yeah. is just me waffling so that Ramsey can do a search. And I'm also going to look up um, research suggesting, like, why four days is better for a week. Put some music on, Eli. Cue music. So apparently, there used to be seven-day work weeks. The five-day work week was actually a concession, right? So is that for slaves or just regular people? No, I mean, like in the West, in 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 in, in you know civilized nations, industrial nations back then during the industrial age, seven-day work weeks were were the norm. But what happened is, um, you know, in 1929, the Amalgamated Clothing Workers of America Union was the first to successfully demand a five-day work week. And, and then um, Henry Ford in 1926 um, shut down his seven-day automotive factories for two days a week, giving rise to the foundation of the five-day work week in North America. So 
apparently it used to be you either had a one day weekend or a zero day weekend like you just work every day and people managed to get a concession you know by putting it pushing it back to five days so five day work week is a representation of our progress away from having to work every day seven day work week sounds brutal it although does. funny enough we I mean, the both of us work, I mean, work seven we, day weeks no but then it's not even that but we also even working eight hours a day is is magic or heaven compared to like factory workers in the industrial age who used to work 18 hours a day and children too and how many of those hours are actually productive if you think about your eight hour work day let's say you even get like a lunch break for example right. that's already seven hours and then there's also all these liminal moments where you're just doing nothing or you're just on, on email waiting for a response things like right. that right you'll find most people who work nine to fives or in Kenya I think it's eight to six most, most people it's, do eight to six. in Kenya it's it's a lot longer it's, it's probably eight. like a nine or ten hour work Day yeah, definitely. On average, and this I is if you're lucky. Is most people do eight to six or seven? Nine for others, for okay. for many, it's actually a twelve day, twelve hour work day. Yeah, so uh, you find most of them, the actual effective hours they're working are probably less than four. And that's, I guess, the productivity argument that if you work fewer days uh, a week, fewer hours a day, you're actually more likely to be pro- more productive. Now, I find that there is a crucial fault in this reasoning. Mm. I think it works for like office jobs or executive jobs or like knowledge jobs where a lot of creativity is required. But for menial jobs, the vast majority of which constitutes the Kenyan economy, Mm. you actually have to grind because, I mean, you can't have like Django workers working four hours a day. (laughs) Your your construction is going to move at a a snail space. Uh, Same thing with people like running kitchens in hotels or restaurants Mm. and whatnot. And and matatu touts and uh, people in Mpesa. Like basically the way the Kenyan economy is set up and the way the the, the careers and jobs are set up, having a four-day work week and a six-hour work day is... It's just unconscionable, mm. and 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 that's that's the idea behind like why some people were so against this. What the Kiambu senator was saying is because like if you're in business, right? You see, for those proposed long weekends, you need money, and you mm. only get that money by actually working. So business people are gonna be losing money, and then there are people who get paid by the day, yeah. so they also lose money. The only we'll good argument I've seen you. here is that some people say, hey. Um, this might be a good idea for those people who go to their upcountry, their shags, and then they have to travel back. So, mm. you know, giving an extra day will allow them to travel back. But there's a lot of arguments, overwhelming um, arguments against having, um, a, 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 you know, extra holidays in Kenya. Yeah. Given the state of the economy. We first need to get our economy to a place where most people have knowledge jobs. Most people are knowledge workers and it's work that requires creativity and therefore productivity is more likely to be achieved with le- fewer hours, but not as it currently is. I did mention that there were some studies that suggested that having longer this is outside of the holidays but just having fewer work days and things like that like four day work weeks are ap- apparently favorable to five day work weeks they did trials in Iceland New Zealand the UK and things like that all and developed the, countries all developed countries but they still do the traditional nine to five which is where we got it I imagine like most of the things or mm. uh, culture come from there so the thing is, they found that four-day work weeks um, had a pretty good impact. And then 92% of the companies that participated in the study actually continued with it. And there's studies in Japan going on to try and see if they can implement this on a wider scale. Yeah. So the pros were there was increased productivity. Funny enough, like the reducing the number of hours, which I imagine is why they eventually adopted right. the five instead of seven-day work, work week. Right. Reduced facilities costs because you imagine like there's re- less... Um, I don't know, internet, there's less, maybe if there's catering, like offices, they do that. Right. Things like that. Improve morale and stuff like that. Now, the only cons were, I don't know, scheduling concerns. Um, and, well, there's also even an environmental impact because the fewer people there's, there is traveling to work, Mm-hmm. The more the like, there's less fuel is being burned. Right. The less. So um, it's good for climate change. It's good for climate whatever. change and things like that, or uh-huh. just the environment in right. general. But I imagine in Kenya it wouldn't work still because people would still go out. If you get Kenyans a four day work week where they end work the the week on Thursday. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they would still be using their big machines or whatever to go to clubs. Yeah. They would still be moving about and things like that. What I'm trying to say is mm. there's certain jobs for which the four-day work is just inconceivable. Which ones, for example? When you wake up, you need to go to the shop to buy things. Mm. If the shopkeeper has a four-day work week, <laughs> yeah. you're fucked. No, but here's the thing. Yeah, I would say. You, you need to go to the fucking um, market to buy groceries. If they have a four-day work week, you're fucked. But I always say... 
you can do these things in shifts. Like, it's not that difficult. Have someone come in, and they work a four-day work week. You work a four-day work week, but your days off are different. Okay, there's another yeah. there's another spanner in the works of that console. Mm. Um, in Kenya, there's majority of Kenyans are unemployed. That's the, the official statistics. But do you know what the reality is? What is it? Majority of Kenyans are actually self-employed. It's just unreported labor, unreported income. So they're not in the statistics. They're in the informal majority, market. Exactly. Majority of Kenyans are doing informal jobs where if they don't come to work, they don't make money. Mm. And we live in a particularly difficult financial economy. So they can't do that where they do shifts because a lot of them are actually working for themselves. For themselves. They pay themselves. They pay themselves. They can't have shifts unless they have schizophrenia and two or multiple so probably personalities. I think four-day work weeks are uh, they're probably ideal in Western developed nations. They're ideal in a certain kind of economic, a certain kind of job distribution profile. Culture-wise, I also feel like we have a tendency to, uh, I don't know, celebrate... Uh, busyness of actual productivity because you find right. a lot of people are busy but they're not productive that's true especially in the Nine office setting and things like that yeah. yeah like you find a lot of people don't most people are on Facebook or Instagram or whatever you yeah. know um, I don't know if Facebook is a thing in but I'll tell you right who's now, not working for our work TikTok. we are and uh, this has been a really good episode yeah I think we should wrap it up <laughs> I think we're both getting sleepy because <laughs> yeah, we don't work for our work weeks actually we technically work six or seven day work weeks yeah know. like our work is just constant throughout you need to do a lot of stuff to catch up but it's also weirdly right. um, accommodating like it's also very accommodating it's a very strange there's thing. no strict schedule like, it's literally, just uh, it's more about your deliverables we're really. doing a recording we're finishing up a recording at, ele- at 10 no midnight yeah. on a Sunday where most people are sleeping dreading the Mondays right <laughs> we don't dread our Mondays that much maybe we should do different upload days to just cheer people up who knows yeah we upload on, Sundays, on a Monday on, on a Monday or things like that yeah. but thank you so much for joining us this has been Jean this has been Ramsey from Agent K's home studio and yeah. this is Think Shack this we is the Work Shack the Work Shack <laughs> look forward to catching you on the next one and that is a wrap cheers guys we love you yeah, bye bye thank you very much more than your mom stop is the stop button